Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again. Hey, what's going on, everybody? We are back. Hope everyone has been well over the last few weeks. Welcome to episode 64 of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. This week's OTC Player of the Week comes to us from Missouri as Olivia Moyer of the Blair Oaks Falcons takes on the weekly honors. Liv had an impressive 38 strikeouts over 19 innings of work while not giving up a single run this past week. Those are fantastic numbers. I could probably take uh, some pointers from you, Liv, going into my league playoffs this next week there. But uh, anyways, great job, Olivia. Best of luck going forward. On to this week's guest, and we sat down and chatted with former U.S. men's national team head coach and current New York Gremlins head coach, Greg Leather. Greg has had a fantastic coaching career to date, as he has won six ASA national titles, two ISC world titles, and a Pan Am silver, just to name a few. We're going to talk to Greg about getting his start in the game, his transition from modified to fast pitch, the formation of the New York Gremlins, of course his time with the U.S. national team, and much, much more. Greg was such a treat to chat with, and it was a pleasure for Hopi and myself to be able to talk to one of the premier head coaches in the game today. So as usual, grab that drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. I can't describe what I'm feeling, ain't never felt this freedom. I've got the world in my palm, lights, camera, action, it's on. Ain't never felt this freedom. Could you, could you say that anything goes, anything goes, anything goes? Welcome back. We're back. Hey, Dick. Hey, Hobie. How are you, buddy? Just trying to wheel down after that uh, weekend at Eastern Canadians. Yeah. I mean, that was fun to get back away and- Tons of fun. With the boys and yeah. see some great ball and- Yeah. Man, I, it was mentally exhausting. I mean, yeah, it was. <laughs> especially the coaching, yeah. as you yeah. noticed. Uh, Playing-wise, I mean, you didn't play a lot, but uh, I, I said to you last night, I was sore from walking from the dugout to the third base box to coach, <laughs> so I can't even imagine the guys. Oh, the guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. our group chat was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. Some... What did Harv say? He was out looking to purchase a casket. Purchase a casket, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. Yeah. So. A lot of fun, though. A lot of fun being away with the boys again. Absolutely. And was, you, you don't realize how much you missed it until you mm, got there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean... Except the motherfucking COVID cases are rampant in New Brunswick right yeah, now. But anyway... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's another that's another story. I mean, yeah, exactly. You don't have to divulge into that. No, we won't talk about COVID or lolly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one other thing about being away yeah. was uh, people coming up and you know talking to talking to me and saying about yeah loving, loving the podcast yeah. and I mean it that, that was the first time being out. Like, yeah, somewhere no, aside from being at our ball, being field. our ball fields, yeah, and, exactly. and you know having having people like I've never met, and yeah. you know coming up and saying you know I listen to the podcast, really enjoy it, and yeah. that was just that was icing on the cake. Yeah, for I the loved weekend it. right there. Even uh, like Rene Gauguin, who's very yeah. French, he came up, he said, uh, "I love the podcast." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Well, oh, man, that's great. I'm glad that's you listened cool. to it. We'll have to get somebody French to host sometime." Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And also speaking of Easterns, congrats yeah. to Scotty Black and and. Yeah, Alexander, yeah, Alexander White Sox. Yeah, they had a hell of a I week mean, weekend. Sorry, beat us in the in the finals. Yep. But, uh you know, Scotty's been searching for that uh, Eastern Canadian Championship. Yeah, for a congrats long time. to him. He he does a lot for the sport and in Cape Breton especially. Yep. And uh, congrats to him for sure. Yeah, yeah, nothing but uh, kudos for the team. Absolutely, they did well. Yeah, and then 
Jeez, and thanks for the the uh, the hosting committee too. Um, Matt Whipple, I guess, yep. was the the lead on that guy on that tournament, and uh, they did a great job with a condensed schedule because of the uh, rain, rain went Friday night. Yeah. So it made for a long day Saturday, and uh, of course Sunday getting home. Well, I got home Sunday twelve thirty ish. Yeah. So it was a little tough yesterday, but yeah, no. And then we were right back at the ball field last night. Last night, yeah. And yeah, exactly. And, but it's funny, warming up and everything. I was like, man, I. I don't feel good. Like I was just yeah. so exhausted for the weekend. <laughs> yeah. And then it was one of those games where I just, yeah, you were just throwing spinners. I don't know what the one hitter. It's like a turn back the clock. Thing. You're going to hit in the sixth, I think. Yeah, yeah. Two outs in the sixth. And you got pissed off at me because I called you on a check swing, which you totally went on. And then you threw me off, man. I was, after that. <laughs> oh yeah. That's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. I like, I'm going to strike out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Back. We got uh, a couple weeks left in our regular season and, yeah. uh, starting playoffs, which, uh, We'll be into October, but it's fine. <laughs> it's we had to extend is. this week because of all the rain notes and stuff, yeah. but yeah. yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. Looking hey. forward to today's guest for the second time. For the second time. Let's make sure your SD card's working this I time. Know. <laughs> I know. We got to apologize to Greg when, yeah, when we get him on here. Sure. It's a unfortunate incident that happened, but. Yeah. Well, hey. good enough to come back on. Yeah, exactly. Great guy. I mean, we went through, that was, he would have been our 61st guest at that time. Yeah. I mean, you know, to go through. 61 episodes and yeah. not have a mess up. I mean, hey. That's right. That's not too bad. Yeah, could And it was nice it. having this little bit of a break as well. I, I know for yourself oh, mentally. Man. Because it's busy for you. It is. Yeah. It's it's a lot of work, I'll admit. And, but I mean, having those three weeks off is yeah. recharge the batteries. Let's get going again. That's right. Although you look exhausted. But. Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> Let's get through this. Get, get my daughter in the shower and then head and right to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad idea. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to Greg. Okay. Sounds good. All right, here we go. Greg, thanks for coming back on the podcast. <laughs> no, no problem, guys. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we mentioned it on here. We had a little mishap there before, and again, apologize for that stupid SD card. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a tech guy so I neither is Randy I, I, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I can't blame you I screw things up all the time I go to my daughter all the time to fix things for you, so. <laughs> so how's things going down in New York today uh pretty good I just I just got back I was down in Florida for the weekend so uh just got, came back so pretty good right nice on. weather Fam- family vacation or just no I just well my daughter lives in Florida uh it was you know it was the weekend this is the 20th anniversary of September 11th and I don't know why this year I just wanted to get away right good I, for you want to be here and, and hear it all and see it all I've been yeah, doing it and hearing sure. it for so long just have the place in Florida I figured I'd go with my daughter she happened to be off for the weekend so we just went to our happy place and ran around the parks in Disney oh, oh right on you. right That's on fun. yeah so you uh had a little bit of a run at the ISCs there yeah yeah yep yeah. um yeah we played I think uh the final that was the first game from the time that Pettit had gotten here I think we lost three games all year, but that was actually the first game when we had Pettit and Cheese that we lost the game. So yeah, in the final, crazy. that was a tough, tough one. But you know, it's, um, it was yeah. It's was it's game. funny there that when we were recorded the other one there, I said uh, it's funny you guys been to the finals and you haven't faced the uh, Kitchener or uh, Hill, and then yes. lo, lo and behold, and I think you mentioned yeah we, we did uh, yeah we said to you uh, who who do you think this toughest team is going to be there, and you did mention Hill United, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's something when we play each other, yes. uh, especially now, you know, we both between the ASAs and the ISCs, we both won a lot. And it's just, yeah. it's just something in those games where no matter how much one team gets down to the other, there's no real action. We know that the other team's going to come back and vice right. versa. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just something about guys who've been there and won. And, and just, you know, they don't give up yeah. and you, you see them, you see there's a bunch of guys on both teams who have a lot of experience in winning. And it's just something about when you win that, uh, you, you know, it's not going to be easy. And, you know, they say you gotta, you know, that's in boxing, you know, you get to be the champ, you got to beat the champ and it's kind of how, how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I will tell you that watching that final game, I mean, you guys played fantastic, but some of those plays at the end of the game was, that was probably one of my favorite finals for me to watch as far as being on, like I seen on YouTube or whatever, but yeah. right. yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, you know, Brad Ezekiel was just, yeah. Jesus. you know, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody knows him for his hitting, you know, and I think his defense might get it overshadowed a little bit yeah. just because he's such a great hitter. Okay. Um, but the plays he made, you know, in, in the, in the winner's bracket final and the final game, which yeah. is amazing, yeah. you know, and I, I think I said it on, on, uh, the two twenty twos that no, no, 
offense to Bruno, but I just don't know how you don't give Brad the MVP of that. I mean, yeah, he I, was, uh, I mean, he saved five runs in the final. <laughs> yeah, going exactly. over and, and Robin, Robin, two home runs, yeah. you know, a two run and a three run. So, yeah, and, and a pretty good hitter, too. So, yeah, not too yeah. shabby. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, unbelievable. What was the, uh, you know, watching it online and stuff, what, what was the facility like? It looked like it was like in a big open field, like, <laughs> yeah, it was, well, you know, it was, it was kind of, you know, they stepped up late and they had to, they had to fix some of the fields to get them ready. And it, it wasn't, you know, it was pretty good, but it wasn't, I would, you know, it's not going to compare to Kitchener or Kimberly or places right. like that. Um, I think the one complaint some of the managers had was um, the waiting around, you know, and I'm on the ISC, so I get it from both sides. Sure. You know, this thing you have to worry about, but you know, from the manager's point of view, they didn't like the waiting around. And also there was the other field that had the permanent fence right. and it actually had, it had better lights. The problem they were having, it was right next to a cornfield. So they were losing about 30 to 40 softballs a game oh. uh, to play on that field. So, you know, it was, but it's just, you know, I, like I said, I see it from both sides and I sure. get it. I understand. Uh, um, you know, they want to keep the premier games on the main field and stuff. So yeah, um, yeah. just things run late. But I know there's a, a lot of the managers are pretty upset about that. So. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I need to know about the story coming home from ISCs because when I text you to try to line up, line this back up, we, you would mention, you know, you, you and Varum were going to Mets game and you had long, long travel. And then I heard it on Two's talk. I <laughs> I need to hear the story yeah. again. Yeah. You know what? And, and we got a big storm in New York after that. It really brings it home how dangerous I mean oh, it well, could yeah. be. And yeah. you, you know what? That happened. After the New York storm and I think like 30 people died in, yeah. in the tri-state area down here just right. from an unexpected storm, just from floodwaters. And, sure. you know, we were driving home before that happened and, and, you know, we were in the middle of the Pocono mountains. So there's a lot of water forming at the bottom of the mountains. Uh, Interstate 80 was closed and the navigation was taking us off to these side roads. And I mean, we're seeing trees down and we're making U-turns and there's nobody to be seen anywhere. And at, at one point we just looked at each other and I actually had to get out of the car to use the bathroom. And I didn't want to panic Varm. <laughs> but where I went, there was a huge river overflowing coming up towards my feet. <laughs> as, as That's I'm quite finished, a pee. <laughs> I jumped back, back in the car. Now, this was like a river overflowing. And Bomb <laughs> is going to put the seat back, thinking that we're going to relax there and just chill. And I'm like, we got to get out of here. And he's like, why? I go, open your window. And as soon as he heard it, we were, we were out of there. Holy as shit. As, oh, my God. Yeah, we, we, we found a safe. We got to a little bit of high ground in a Walmart parking lot and ended up sleeping for about four or five hours in, in a Walmart. And probably would have stayed longer, except that, you know, he had to be at work the next day. So, Man, oh, crap. That's crazy. That's <laughs> yeah. just crazy. Well, at least you, you made her home safe and sound. That's yeah, the main that's right. thing. Right? Yeah, we eventually did. Yeah. All right. We're going to do quick pitches again. Sure. <laughs> I may I may have altered a couple of these. We had before. to. We had to. <laughs> so uh, let's 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 get going again. Okay. All right. Best thing about living in New York. Um. Yeah, I'm going to go with the same answer I gave you the first time. It's pretty much uh, it never sleeps. You know, there's I noticed when we go to a lot of these small towns and, and, you know, after a game, guys are looking for a place to eat or a beer. And sometimes you finish these late games, there's nothing. And that's that's really never a problem here. You take it for granted growing up here that, you know, you, any you know, anytime you pretty much go get a beer, anytime you go to a diner. I mean, it's just it just never closes. And it's uh, when you go other places, then you really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah sure. Sure. Uh, Best sporting event you've ever seen live. Oh, wait a second. Uh, Actually, I do remember something, Greg. When I was about 23 years old, I'm pretty sure I saw a bald guy with a softball jacket behind the first baseline <laughs> with Joe Carter. You know? yeah. wait, no, wait a minute. I wasn't bald back then. Oh, shit. Then it wasn't you. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah I, was at the, I was at the Joe Carter game, the Joe Carter home run game. Friend, friend got us some tickets, and me and my partner at the time in the police department, we drove up, and uh, we had great seats, like right near the dugout. And every time a right-handed batter's up that game, you could, you could see us sitting there with my satin green softball jacket on and my green my green jet hat and yeah, yeah that was awesome. pretty it was pretty amazing i mean we didn't have a big rooting interest then but it was just an amazing thing to be at oh for sure you would not believe that. how many people i've told that story to oh my since, God, yeah. since you told us there when we recorded before because i find that just absolutely crazy yeah it's amazing. Yeah, when we hang up, I you know what I actually uh, I have a still shot that oh. <laughs> we were hanging out with some of the uh, 
some of the guys in, in Wisconsin one year and they happened to be running it on ESPN classics. So somebody took a, a picture uh, of, oh, one, wow. you know, they could see the green jacket and it's, it's not clear cause it's a picture from the TV, but yeah, sure. Uh, actually uh, something I didn't mention the last time for about 10 years after that, there was a, it's see the weird thing is when Carter hits the home run, that angle, the, the first base camera angle is very rarely shown. Right. Right. But there is, there is a camera angle from that. And there was a picture taken that that there was like a cardboard cutout in the Hall of Fame for about ten years of a display that you can see me and my partner very clearly <laughs> on in the background there. No way. And, yeah. yeah. Wow. But, but the home run itself, I'm not really in that shot. But if if, it, right. if they show it from the first base camera, I would have been. <laughs> right, right, right. That's, that's <laughs> crazy. Actually, I don't know if I asked you last time. I'm trying to. How loud was it when he? When he hit oh that walk God. off. Oh, it was, it was definitely, it, yeah, it was yeah. incredible. I mean, it, it, you know what? And I actually felt guilty being there because, you know, I remember when the Mets won in 86, I was in the police Academy and I went to a few games, but I, you know, you hear all these celebrities like, Oh yeah, we're going to the game tonight. It's like, you know, they don't even care. And that's kind of how I felt being yeah. up there. It was oh, like, yeah. You know, somebody who's a blue Jay fan should be here. Oh <laughs> yeah. You see, yeah I it got it you, was yeah. amazing. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Sure. Uh, last time I, I said, are the Mets going to catch the Phillies? Now, yeah, now I'm it. asking, uh, what happened to the Mets? <laughs> yeah, it's you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. It's just, I mean, losing to Grom, having Carrasco out yeah. half the season, not getting Syndergaard back. Um, I mean, Taiwan Walker just run. He pitched great. I mean, he's just running out of gas. He mm-hmm. hasn't pitched this much in a long time. Yeah. And uh, and but but even with all that, they're hitting. It's just been you know none of their hitters have really lit, except Alonzo. Yeah. yeah, none of them have lived up to it although we did get a nice little glimpse of what uh, Lindor can be oh 100 percent. yeah three bombs. And if we, hey if us beating the yankees four out of six keeps the yankees out of the playoffs and helps the blue jays get in i'm all for that hey i'm, t- I'm, yeah, we'll I'm telling it. you right now like I, what are the, the mets are five and a half out of a wild wild card yep. right now yep. yeah oh no out of the wild card they're only three three i think three three yeah. and a half maybe so i mean yeah three weeks ago the the jays were nine and a half back of the yankees yeah, that's right. Now they're past them. So I mean, anything yeah, can happen. Can, the Blue Jays can hit. <laughs> that, yeah, they kind of. That hasn't flop. been that hasn't been their problem. No. Nope. So. Yeah, true enough. Uh, next one. Who's the best Met to ever wear the uniform? Oh, that one's easy for me. That's got to be Tom Seaver. Yeah, yeah. I remember that yeah, answer. I, <laughs> yeah, I grew up idolizing Seaver. I think I yeah. told you guys I ran into him and in I went to a softball meeting down yeah. in Maryland in the middle of nowhere and ran into him and he was it was a pretty cool experience. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's unreal. Uh, biggest moment so far in the game, coaching or playing? Um, it's that's a tough one. It's got. To, I mean, most people would think automatically the first ISC, but I, I gotta say for me. Um, and just because I, when I got together with Bruce Tansky, he's the, the gremlin sponsor. Um, I had won a couple of ASAs in modified and, and that was, he was chasing it for 30 years. And that was kind of actually why he recruited me to come run his team. And in 2005 and for fast pitch fans, there was a ton. I mean, you had Dewey Dyke there, Ryan Brand, uh, Miljavic. Uh, I mean, Patsy's was there with their full ISC squad <laughs> playing mm. modified. And it was, <laughs> you know, we, no, listen, we had Jared Martin, we had Reese Casley, uh, yeah. Stacy McLean. We had, we, we were a loaded team too. Um, but we won that, went undefeated. And it's one of the few tournaments he's come to. And uh, it was, you know, it was really special for everybody who's been with him for a long time. It was really special. It still sticks out in my head as one of the, you know, the most special times I've had in softball because, you know, it's, it, it, and I think, you know, even with Hill this year, when they won, you saw that they wanted the two guys, a couple of guys who hadn't won before to go out and get the trophy. And that's always a special thing when, yeah. when you've won, when you've won a few times, but then it's somebody new who gets to win. And and that's what that was for me. And it's, and our relationship that we've had since it's, it still sticks out as one of my best memories in softball. That's awesome. Right on. Love that. Uh, who's the best player you've seen play the game past or present? Uh, It'd be tough for me to go against Cheese because yeah. he does it all. Um, but I, I do remember the other guy I threw in there when we talked about this the last time was you can't go wrong with Jared Martin. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, Jared. I, I was lucky enough, you know, my first couple of years. Well, Jared played a little bit of, of modified for us, too. When he was when he was with County, he was playing with us. And then when we came over to fast pitch and got together with Doc, he was with us with Broken Bow Gremlins. And he's just amazing. Yeah. Jared must have been crushing the ball and modified. I mean, he didn't fast pitch, but still. Well, you know what? It it was weird because some of the, you would think that, but some of the guys, it just, I don't know. Well, you know, the funny story, the reason I got the Gremlin sponsor is because we kept beating, we kept beating with my my modified team. We had a knuckleballer. 
Right. They just he threw hard. He threw about seventy five, but he threw hard knuckleballs, and it gave them fits. So it didn't it didn't always translate, you know. Yeah. Um, Jared was a great slingshot pitcher. Guys like Billy Hillhouse did well with it. Dewey Dyke, Robbie Scheller, you know, rest in peace. Oh, yeah. He's passed yeah, away recently. Robbie Scheller was probably the greatest guy to come over and throw a slingshot. But then you had guys like like Dewey brought Peter Meredith one time his prime, <laughs> oh. to try to do it. And it what? did not work. Yeah. And it didn't work. And he probably swore he would never do it again after the one weekend he tried it. So it's, you know, it's yeah. it's, it's different. Yeah. And when I say modified, it's 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 more slingshot. slingshot. It's like what yeah, it's like what Harvey Sterkle threw when guys see the old videos. It's 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 slingshot fast pitch. It's not what you guys call orthodox or right. what right. we call yeah. down here 10 man modified. It was it's pretty much slingshot fast pitch. Right, right, right. Uh single game winner take all. Who's your starting pitcher? Cheese. Cheese, yeah. yeah. It's got to be cheese. Absolutely. <laughs> Guy's yeah. a weapon. <laughs> yes, he is. You know, and, and, you know, it was unfair to him this year to, you know, to get him here so late. And he wasn't at his best. And he's geared up and fired up to come back even better next year. And we didn't really get a chance to let him, you know, we gave him a couple of, uh, his pitching was fine, I think, and, and his velocity, his movement. He just didn't have his pinpoint location this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also his hitting his, I've never seen him struggle hitting like he did and the chances we gave him this year. And then it was just like, Hey, you know, we're just going to shut this down till next year when you come back for a full season. Right. Yeah. And sometimes, right. it, you know, it happens. It was a different year. Yeah. It was, you know, oh, it was, you know, guys missing. And it was, it was, it was tough. And listen, you know, there's still a lot of guys. I don't know if people realize how many guys are still stuck here. I was going to ask. Zenin went, that's what yeah, I was going to ask if Zenon was still, still kicking around. Zenin, yeah. Zenon's here. He's still around. Uh, he played in Oakland with Varm couple weeks ago his flight is scheduled for october 6th um i've heard that there's a couple of the rgs are stuck in mexico um wow. and i heard fetty i you know i'm hearing just from different people i heard fetty etter is stuck somewhere um it's just it's crazy you know it's guys not they being able to get home just can't get home that yeah it's crazy yeah yeah unreal that's a that's the world we're living in right now unfortunately yeah it is and i think the kid brad kilpatrick who actually had a really good um, breakout year um, with the Ashland team. He, you know, he's fortunate in that his dad lives in Florida, right. but his flight was canceled, and they're telling him he can't get home till after Christmas now. Holy shit! Unreal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Um, last one, which yep. I loved. If someone is, is in New York looking for a top-notch suit, where are you recommending? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay away. Stay. <laughs> uh, I, I think I mentioned on the other podcast. Uh, go see Mr. Ned. But if you're a friend with Varm Matosian, just be prepared. You are going to get a cup check. <laughs> that's 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 to get the friend discount. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that inside seam yeah. measurement. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know he's not doing the Joey Tribbiani. No, that's right. I was, was going to mention that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, freak. Anyway, Greg, let's uh, let's let's do what we do with every guest. Uh, tell us when and where you got your start in the game. Sure. Um, I guess I. I started playing when I came out of the police academy. I really wasn't a softball guy. I was a mediocre baseball player, and I just thought I was going to go back. They had some pretty good baseball leagues here and of different levels, and I was just going to go back and play in one of those. Uh, a buddy of mine in the police academy convinced me to come out and and watch him play softball. And then I, I didn't know there was you know softball with bunting and stealing. And I think I mentioned it before. Like I grew up an hour. I think an hour and a half from Allentown. So mm-hmm. I could have went out and seen Ty Stofflin in his heyday and stuff if I had only known, but did never had seen it. And it was, wasn't around here. So, um, buddy of mine brought me over there and I got hooked in it started playing in all the sorts of police leagues and everything. And we, we played with his older brother, uh, who ran the team and he and I kind of wanted to venture out and start doing our own thing with some younger guys. And that's how I got into coaching. It was, wasn't too hard to find 10 players better than me. So I used mm. to kind of, you know, I would be uh, a filling guy and you know, I'd play in some of the leagues and stuff. But for the most part, I started coaching young because we just wanted to start traveling and doing some tournaments and stuff that, that, that his brother's team are our regular team wasn't doing and we wanted to do on our own so there was a bunch of good young guys in the league and stuff that wanted to do that so i would play in the leagues and stuff but when we went traveling i didn't play too much right on so when you were growing up like as a kid though like it, you would have been primarily baseball were you or oh, only baseball yeah I love yeah baseball what so yep. what was the obviously the landscape of, of baseball down there in, in the u.s is way different than here in canada so how how would you like speaking like as a young kid what was baseball like 
for you growing well, up? Well, you know, it, I mean, it was there, but it's not like now, you know, I, 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 you know, and I wish because I was just such, I loved it so much that I wish that they had the kind of training and, and, and coaching that went on now, because as me being a mediocre player, I probably would have benefited from just because I would have put the work in and I, I, I loved it so much, hmm. but for us, and you know, my dad wasn't really a baseball player. He just kind of took me to our little league games and we played and, you know, made all stars and stuff young because I, I, I was bigger than everybody. I grew quick. <laughs> yeah. And then I went into high school as the biggest and I came out like the smallest. So, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, you just hit, hit, hit puberty early and you're better than everybody. All of a yeah, sudden yeah. Yeah. you're by in high school. You're like, Whoa, what the hell happened? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like it is now where there's just, I mean, the coaching that goes on now and the travel and the opportunities and, uh, it, you know, so it, it was, it was there and, but it's probably more like it isn't, you know what? It probably how it is in Canada right now is probably how it was when I grew up because it was there and you can play it. You had to go seek it out and find it. Right. Um, you know, uh, there was some decent level. I mean, in high school, you know, I played in high school. My first year we went and th- we just had, I mean, the guys, like I said, I was a mediocre player at best. I didn't feel like sitting for three years behind two guys that were way better. Right. Than me. So I just yeah. kept playing. I just kept playing Legion ball. And, uh, you know, I could have stayed on the team and sat on the bench and warmed up the pitchers, but I didn't want to spend my time like that. I would rather just play in Legion ball and play against these guys and be the fourth or fifth best catcher in the league instead of the, uh, <laughs> the, the fourth or fifth best yeah. one of my high school team and right. sit on the bench all the time. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, it, it, there wasn't, a, you know, but like I said, had there been good coaching and stuff, somebody like me who, who enjoyed the game and, and liked the, you know, the mental aspect of it, I've always been like that. Then I probably, you know, with some good coaching, I probably could have done a lot better. I mean, some of the things they teach now, I'm like, oh man, I wish I knew that when I was young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what what was it that uh, drew you to, like to to this game? My buddy Steve, uh, a friend of mine, and then the opportunity to travel. Uh, my buddy Steve Matei, I met in the police academy. We were best friends, and uh, he's my son's godfather. And he he was big, big into softball at the time. And, you know, it's funny because he always teases me now that, you know, we put the team together and I, he says I had, you know, I, he knew I would be good because then I even benched him once we got somebody who was better than him. <laughs> <laughs> he te- every time he gets a couple of beers, he goes, ah, you benched me, Leather. <laughs> and he's right, you know, by the time, you know, if we could find guys that were better than us, that's that's what, you know, we did. And, um, the travel aspect of it, you know, the going to tournaments, yeah. you know, I really liked it. And uh you know, and then it just eventually led into, you know, a lot of the guys from Fast Pitch um, started coming over to Modified. Darren Ray, Robbie Scheller, like I said, Jared, Reese Casely is my good buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, they all came over and they played um, both. And then it kind of, you know, and this, there's some fault of it, you know, with Patsy's and us, we were pretty big rivals. and We went at it pretty good. And, and you know, you had two teams and in Modified that had big budgets. And that just wasn't around. In Modified, it was more, and that's how I grew up. I mean, our team's came when we were a local team hmm. but then once we got involved with uh, the gremlins and patsies it became a you know a war of attrition and and the game right. kind of died so we both moved over full-time to uh to fast pitch right on so so actually tell us the tell us the story on on how the gremlins actually originated well uh, our sponsor bruce tansky's been sponsoring the team since 1970 hmm. as a player and coach and back then it was probably more local he did go to a, a bunch of nationals and he finished his highest third, but it was probably more local league states. And you had, to, I think you had to win your states and your regionals and everything to even get to nationals back then. So, but he's had the team in existence. He sponsored the team every year since 1970. When I got involved with them was 2005. Uh, we had played them a couple of tournaments in 2004 and beat them. And Stevie Price was actually the connection right. that, oh, right. that uh, called me and asked me to come up and meet with Bruce. And uh, we sat down and he asked me if I'd be interested in running the team. He wanted me to run it that year, but it was we were kind of in the middle of the season. And I explained to him that, you know, we had I had a team and <laughs> I wasn't going to just leave them in the middle of the year. And um, and he got that and we agreed. But we had five guys retiring the next year and we thought we could do something together, which is what we did. Um, we put half the guys from my team and and Stevie Price and Reese Casely and Jared Bond. You know, he was bringing all these international superstars and we were bringing about, you know, guys that ended up playing, you know, some some fast pitch. Mo Kandu was one of the guys he played with the U.S. national team. Um, we had a guy, Reggie Burrow. He actually won. 
I think he won the, uh, he just played over fifties and a couple of years ago with the Durham Bulls and he won the batting title and the home run <laughs> title. But that was the thing. By the time we got into fast pitch, those guys were in their mid thirties and, you know, it was kind of, it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't long for us. We had a couple of decent runs, right. but a lot of these guys were having kids and the kids were getting ready to play little league and stuff. So the commitment just couldn't be there for them. And slowly, you know, a bunch of them faded out. Yeah. So were, were some of the, the guys that were coming into play modified, were they, were they just coming into play like on off weekends that they weren't doing fast pitch, was it? Well, um, re- to be honest with you, the first year that we had Jared, oh, well, not Jared. Jared was with County. So Jared was only with us part time. Okay. But in 2005, Reese Kaisley and Stacey McLean, um, Edward Leonardo and Jordan Tavares, they played with us primarily. And... Um, they picked up with Bob Nidick and played with the Aurelia River Sharks. Uh, McLean and, and Kaisley did that year mm-hmm. um, because they they were. Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm getting my years mixed up. In 2005, I had a deal with Doc Simmons. We called, we worked it out, we worked our schedules so they didn't they didn't interfere with each other. Oh, okay. And then in 2000, we had won the Nationals in 2005 and Slingshot modified. <laughs> And then in 2006, that's what happened. Doc wanted uh, us to come over and go full-time into fast pitch, and Bruce still didn't want to do that. So we had one more run in in Modified, and that was the year that um, Reese and Stacy McLean went and played with Denny and Bob Nidick when they weren't playing with us in 2006. Uh, Gotcha, gotcha. And that's basically what happened. 2006, there was no national. Nobody else had registered except us and Patsy's to go. So uh, it was, they just canceled it. And that's when we realized that, okay, this is over and we're going to need to go play fast pitch. Right. So is is the modified game still like relatively the slingshot game that we played is dead. It's, that's yeah. not, it, it, you know what? I shouldn't say it's dead. It's, it's dead on a national level. This it's still played. It's played locally. It, it's real big. Like a, a lot of those tournaments, like some of the tournaments you'll see that the guy that um, Luciano that did the streaming for the IC, mm. he does a lot of these modified ones where there's strict bowling motion. They're not allowed to, um, well, you can tell if they're not letting sling goes, if the guys keep their shoulders square. Okay. And, they call him basically. I tell the umpires if if the first base if it's a right-handed pitch or the first base umpire sees your numbers, he call him illegal. That's that's not what we played. That's bowling style. That's nine man. I mean ten man modified. Mm-hmm. He he streams down down in Florida. There's still some slingshot going on. You know, um, I know Mickey Mullins is hooked up with a few teams that play and and they go different places. So there is some slingshot, but not on a national level anymore. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I think I saw uh, Yusuf and and Robbie Schweier go down there. And- playing a tournament earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, that was the same that was the same when Mullins was playing and and you know what I I've, I've talked to the guys in the USA softball about trying to hook up with these guys because they obviously still have something going and there were all little pockets of it in Massachusetts and in New York and if if they can, you know, get it going, I liked it because I mean the list of guys like Frankie DeGroat, um, Lonnie Rodriguez, um, Derek Pukash, uh, Chad McConnell, Mo Kandu, uh, Mullins, Dave Woman. These guys all came from Modified and ended up playing with the U.S. national team at one point or another. So it was a feeder system for us. And what they play now, just this lob ball, that's never going to be a feeder. No, you know, no, but playing, no, sli- no. playing slingshot could be a feeder again. So, you know, there is there, there should be an interest from us in USA softball to try to get it going again. And we're, we're trying but it's it's not easy. Yeah, it's actually it's kind of funny that you said that it's it was somewhat of a feeder like for the USA softball program. Like it's almost like you had like either baseball players or modified players, modified players yeah, coming, coming in. Like, play, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's uh, yeah, and that's that's what we were, that's that was the the enticement. You know, when a bunch of those guys saw like Frankie DeGroat, Lonnie Rodriguez, Louis Jogler, it was a lot of the Patsies and the Gremlins guys. When they saw them, you know, make the national team. Then you know that's what kind of said, okay, I, I know these guys. You know, they're yeah. good, but I'm mm-hmm. just as good. And and that was that was the big hump with a lot of these guys. They just they heard you know they heard fast pitch and they saw guys like Jared Martin and Robbie Shella pitch and they're like, oh, I don't want to do that. But you know, we try to explain to them that's not the only level. Not mm-hmm. everybody's like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Actually, you mentioned Frankie DeGroote there. I, I yeah. got, I got, uh, I pitched against Frank in, uh, at the AAUs in, in 2010, I believe it was. And like a lot of guys, he hit one off me that's still going to this day. <laughs> Frankie, you know, it, it'd probably be a toss up between Frankie DeGroote or Travis Wilson, who were the, the scariest guys I ever saw play slingshot. I mean, it was just. You know, Travis was another guy in slingshot. He never made out. I mean, you could not get him out. It was it was crazy. Wow. So the change over to fast pitch. Um, what were all the wheels in motion there to uh, you know kind of get that going? 
Well, Doc, Doc had been talking to us. You know, he had lost uh, Bob Quick right. uh, from the Spirit. Um, so they were the Broken Bow Spirit. And then he went with Patsy's. And, you know, that didn't really work out because, you know, him and Phil both wanted to run things. And, you know, I thought it was a good mix to go in with Doc. I had never really been involved in major fast pitch before. So uh, we agreed to put something together and, uh, you know, it worked out. You know, you still have personalities that don't, you know, that don't uh, match some, you know, so it worked out for about a year or so. The team kept going for two years. And then that second season, I, you know, I decided I wanted to do something with Varn. Uh, we started an IEC two team um, because, and, and we let Doc keep the gremlin sponsor um, knowing that the next year, you know, we were just going to do something on our own, but we didn't want to trip up the, you know, it was pretty much the same team coming back. It was cheese. It was Jared. It was Reese Casey. It was all guys that I'm good friends with. And mm. we didn't want to screw that up. So um, Bruce kept sponsoring them and Varm and I, you know, put together some sponsorship and we just had a, a local team. We co- called the team called the uh, New York Knights. And I think we finished third and, you know, that was all local guys. Um, I think that was pretty much the rules then except, yeah, even Billy Hillhouse oh, yeah. was technically an area for us. So we had you know, one out of area pickup was Craig Pitcock. Okay. So we had Billy and Craig were our two pitchers and uh, we finished, we lost to, we lost to Hicksy actually in the, uh, the Lumber Kings and in, in the, the semifinals. So we finished third that year. Wait, and what year was that? 2008. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I was so that would have been the year York, that they won. Yeah. That was in uh, uh, Iowa. Timberland. No, t- yeah, that's right. That's right too. Yeah. That that was my we first ISC. They didn't let the ISC two play in the main field. Though. No, we that's played, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was with Salt Lake City. So yeah, right. Exactly. We we that was Nudie had a Nudie had a real big big tournament that yes, too with, their, he, with the California team. He definitely did. The Rockers. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I think we got beat out by the Lumber Kings there, and they had Marcus Tan and. Yes, and, Marcus was on fire. Oh man, he was tough to pitch to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. I want to jump over to Team USA here for a second. Sure. Uh, what was it like to be part of that uh, organization, you know, joining in 2013, then being able to take over the head coaching role in 2017? Yeah, well, you know, I was fortunate in, um, that Denny Brucker came to coach with us. And we, you know, he and I got on pretty well. Um, and uh, he, you know, once he got, he decided to take the job back again because he had been the coach before. Um, they talked to him about coming back and he decided to do it. And he asked if I would, you know, do it with him. And of course I was, I was honored to do it with him. And, uh, you know, we, I think, uh, you know, we definitely improved the program. We, uh, just because we, we were able, we were more involved. I mean, you know, and Pete, Pete, Pete Turner is a great coach and, but he had a full-time job, you know, and he couldn't be at all these tournaments every week. He had to be out recruiting right. and, and doing things, but you know, where Denny and I were involved in the men's game all the time. So we had a little bit more time to, scout guys and talk to guys and tell them what we expected. And, you know, guys like Tyler Dudley, um, specifically, I remember that first conversation we had with them that like, Hey, you know, we're not telling you what team to play on, but if your team's not going to the big tournaments and if you're not seeing Adam Folker and Andrew Kirkpatrick and Sean Cleary and Juan Potolicchio, these are the guys we're going to be facing. You need to make sure you get to those tournaments and a guy like, you know, like Dudley did it. I mean, every weekend I, we played, we would play against him, you know, now I'm with the gremlins and every weekend we're playing against Dudley with a different team, whether he's with the, you know, whoever he was picking up with somebody in Ontario every week and playing. And uh, a lot of guys did that. And, you know, our hitting came a long way in that time. Um, you know, pitching is always the issue. We had mantra. I wish, you know, it's like our hitting and pitching, you know, Tony really was, I would say one of the top six or seven pitchers in the world, right when we got him, but by the time our hitting caught up, right. You know, he, he wasn't quite the same anymore. Yeah. You know, that year that we had Gerald and, and Tony, our pitching was, was pretty good. You know, our hitting was a little inconsistent at the time. Then our hitting got better, but you know, Gerald was gone and Tony was a little bit older. So, um, but you know, hopefully in these next few years, I think, uh, I think with Ron and the relationship, you know, Ron Hackett's the new USA coach and he's, really good at, at um, staying in touch with guys and getting them on the right teams and stuff like that stuff that, you know, Denny and I started and I think Ron's really continued it and taken it to a different level. So hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a good couple of good young pitchers and everybody's raving about the kid Cody Gibbons and, and he is yeah. he's only 16 years old and <laughs> he's pitching at the ISC and, you know, he's having pretty good success. Yeah. And uh, you know, but there's a couple other kids, the kid called Patrick had a great year. Now he's got dual citizenship and he's committed to play with the USA. 
Um, oh. His dad's from his dad's from Florida, so he's uh, another one. And uh, there's another kid, Bryce DeColvey. There's uh, you know Grant Sale, Ray Sailor. There's his uh, kid, Alex Ibera. There's a bunch of young kids that are really you know at least out there on the circuit pitching, which you know we hadn't had for a while. So you know hopefully uh, there'll be some good things about pitching. I think our hitting has gotten to the point where we can compete with anybody. I know our defense mm-hmm. is good, and a couple of younger guys are going to have to get in the mix. Um, but uh, I think the pitching uh, in the next two cycles is going to be pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's a big part of the game. What, what do you think, like, you know, as far as the international stage goes, like, obviously, it's become a more of a even playing field, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, you know, we need to be realistic. We're not gonna, and I think, you know, Canada's in the same spot now. And even, you know, maybe New Zealand, it's, it's, you know, when you have places like Argentina and Japan, where these guys are working for their companies or, or the government is giving them, is paying them to play you know, that's their job. Mm. So, you know, it's tough to compete with that. And, and, you know, that's what, that's the situation Japan's in right now. They're either, those guys are working for their company and playing softball for their company. That's wow. what they do. And in Argentina, you know, the government's paying these guys to play. <laughs> so that's their job. And, uh, you know, so that's why they've caught up and that's why they're passing. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be tough to, uh, to catch up with them, but it's a matter of catching lightning in the bottle and getting the right pitcher and yes. the right players and anything can happen in one game, but it's, you know, yeah, those, those teams are going to be there to be wrecked ones for a while now. And you know, who's coming next is Mexico. Yeah. Is that right? Mexico's, Mexico's yeah. running a lot of good tournaments. Yeah. There's a lot of young kids playing over there and it's, they're going to be good too. That's good. I, I, the 20, the worlds there next year are going to be they're fun down in New Zealand to watch. I know that. <laughs> Yeah. Are we taking the podcast yeah. there? No, we can't. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> We'd never get you know, it. There's a suit guy that might sponsor that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just got to get your uh, hey, cup <laughs> <laughs> So is there any uh, any big moments that stick out for you, Greg, on your time with the national team? Yeah, it would definitely be um, the first two events um, would be the, uh, the Pan Am Championship where we uh, – you know, we won the bronze, which was the first medal that the program had won in like 10 years, I guess. Hmm. And then obviously, again, the Pan Ams with, you know, winning the silver medal at the Pan Ams was, was pretty huge for the program. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that was that was pretty big for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I told the story last time and actually Hilly and I talked about it. So that that one little <laughs> when we played Canada down at the Pan Am Championships, there was a, an, a, a there was a ball that wasn't called an infield fly. And the umpires kind of screwed it up, so it basically put our runners in jeopardy. So it was kind of a double play. And I remember Hilly joking, jokingly laughing at me as he's running off the field, and he's just like, "Hey, I don't know what happened, but inning over, you know." And so then <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw it, but the, the final play of of the game, you know, we're up on Canada with a couple of runs, and uh, uh, Hilly hits a bomb to, between Lynchy and Yusef in the outfield. And somehow one of them bobbles it, the other one catches it. The umpire <laughs> says that it hit the fence. And it wasn't a catch. So it kind of put their runners in jeopardy. Now, Hilly had passed the, the runner at first. So they called him out. And the other guy was off second. So we ran over and tagged him. So it was a, it was a total screw up. But I just remember <laughs> looking at Hilly because they're like, nope, out, out, game over. So I just looked at Hilly and go, I don't know what happened, but game over, boss. <laughs> <laughs> karma, karma got you, yeah. Hilly. You know, and I had forgotten about that. And when we, we lost the podcast, Hilly and I were joking about that, that <laughs> at the ISC. Oh, <laughs> a little chuckle about that. <laughs> That's awesome. Karma, karma got you, Hilly. Yeah. Well, he got us pretty good at the IC. Yeah. He got it back. True enough. True enough. Uh, speaking about the ISCs, uh, let's talk about 2018. You capture your first back to back IC world titles. How special was that first one? Oh, it was amazing. Uh, you know, it was, it was a long time coming. We'd won a bunch of ASAs and, you know, it, it you know, just, uh, for whatever reason, you know, we you know, we had a, we lost in the final twice back in 2011, we lost by a run. And, and again, in that the famous, uh, nothing, nothing, 10 inning game, mm-hmm. the close play at the plate in 2013, when Hill won their first one was the other time we were in the final, but you know, we, we would slip up at the ISC for whatever reason and, and, you know, not even make it to the final. Some year we were always consistent enough that we never, I mean, if you look at a lot of the big teams, they always bomb out somewhere, but we never did. We always made it to Saturday. And that was always, I think, get to Saturday and anything can happen. You know, even when we lost one year to California early when cheese was in the hospital and Dean Holine pulled his groin, um, we lost early and we still made it to Saturday. You know, we finished wow. fourth. And, yeah. Um, but, but uh, yeah, we just couldn't get over that hump. And then finally, you know, in 2018, everything fell together. And uh, the guys, you know, we after 2017, we did make some changes. You know, mm-hmm. we agreed we need to make some personal changes. And we brought in Greg Hicks and Ron Guzman. And 
help coach and sponsor. And we decided that if we were going to make some, you know, if they were going to do it, we all agreed that we were just going to start over and, and put the best team we, we, that we thought we could put together under the circumstances. So we did have to make some changes, which was tough. Yeah. But, you know, since that time, we pretty much kept that core together and, and we've had a lot of success. So, yeah. So like moving forward now, going into next season, you, any, any big plans in place or are you just, uh, those, I mean, are, those are talks over the winter. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, I mean, there's always one or two changes and sometimes it could be a guy too, you know, somebody may want to stay closer to home or somebody may want to go to a different situation where they, they think that they're going to be utilized more, but I, I would be pretty sure that most of our core will be back. Um, you know, there may be one or one or two additions, but no, I don't see anything major. Um, mm. you know, we were, uh, we were pretty, we were pretty happy. Like I said, we, we really lost from the time we had our full team. We lost one game all year yeah. and it was yeah. in the final yeah. of the ISC. So uh, we were very happy with the team this year. I, I think we were strong. I think we were stronger this year, honestly, than we were the two years we won. We mm. just, uh, you know, we just, we just ran into Brad Ezekiel. Yeah, I was going to say Bradley. <laughs> Five run Bradley. Thinking about Brad. They, they hit the hell out of the ball. Yeah. Bill hit the hell out of the ball. I mean, yeah. they really, did i mean you know bowling and and um and uh um and obviously bruno and jason hill had a hell of a tournament yeah. and you know we there was there was no lead that seemed to be safe and you know it's weird when you get together and you see good pitching that usually shuts people down but there really seemed to be no lead that would be safe but you know i i think we hit the ball well enough i mm -hmm. think that you know the big difference in the game was was brad taking five runs off the board doesn't you know that that's yeah. that's a big part of it for us so yes, absolutely. Yeah. big time yeah. was there was there anybody that you saw down there you know knew that you know kind of stuck out to you like you were like, oh, wow. We're, like we're a new guy coming. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, I think you know, the biggest new guy that we have to talk about on, on the scene, and it was, he, he didn't have the greatest ISC, but he had the probably the best season of any player would be Blaine Mailheim. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, him not being a prawn, you know, we actually, we you know, to be honest, I'll give you a little scoop. We, we did talk to him a little bit, but we want, you know, I don't want to take a guy when we can't promise him a role. Right. And, and he texted me today. We did talk to him a little bit. He texted me today and I didn't even ask him where, but he's going to, he said he's going to go somewhere and I didn't even ask where. Yeah. So he's not, I will go on the record right now saying he's not going to be with us. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. And, but he, he had played, Blaine had played with us and he was a bench player for us on the first ISC. Okay. Well, 2018. Okay. So he was a USA junior pitcher, but honestly, this kid killed it this year. He hit everybody. I mean, he hit Mata. He hit, he was hitting home runs. And, and, you know, I know that I, let's put it this way. Cause I know Hallman's after him and I know Hill's after him. So that tells you everything you need to yeah, know. There you go. So where he, yeah. and Kegel and Kegel wants to keep him. Right. Wow. So, so I don't know. He could end up with, he's going to probably be one of those three teams. I would guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, with our situation with so many prawns, it's just, it's just better for us to try to keep the group together. Cause yeah. I think we're the only one that's not like, we're at like nine prawns or something. So wow. <laughs> it's better for us to just, to just, yeah. As long as those rules stay, it's better for us to keep our core together. As yes, long for as sure. Can. Yeah, absolutely. Was, uh, was there many guys missing for like, I know Adam wasn't there. Yeah. Adam and shells would be the two Shales, ones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, that those are the two biggest for us. We, you know, we had, no, we, we got our guys in and I think, I think Hallman had all their guys and, you know, I mean, listen, Hill didn't have those two guys, but they were able, you know, because of that, they were able to add a Colin Walsh and they were able to add Devo, right. you know, yeah. because otherwise they couldn't because they're both prawns. Right. So, right. Hey, listen, it worked and it worked out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, can't wait to watch next year. I mean, that's going to be everybody by then should be, should be good to go. Yeah, with, we'll hopefully. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers yeah. crossed. There's, there's, yeah. You guys had a guy on the podcast before that we're pretty hot after that'd be the one guy that we really like to get. I don't know if we'll get him. We've had some conversations. We'll see. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, wow. We have to go through our episode list. And <laughs> oh, we'll come on. You guys got to be able to figure that out. <laughs> oh, no. he, you, you asked him at the end and he mentioned some teams that I talked to. <laughs> oh yeah. Jesus, uh, I don't listen to my podcast, Craig. I, <laughs> <laughs> I do the yeah, editing well, and then I stop. There's, there's one, there's one player who hasn't been over here before that that we've been talking to for a few years, and I think this is the year he's going to come. Now, hopefully, it'll be. Oh, us. I know who you're talking there's about. Other, I'm sure there's other teams that are of interested course, too. But that of might course. be the, yeah, yeah, that yeah. might be the one, the one guy that we can hopefully add. No, hi. New Zealand, yeah, yes. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I got gotcha you too. Yeah. I know. So hopefully, hope, yeah, hopefully, hopefully by the time you just we put this out, hopefully it'll be done. Oh, yeah. there you go. Jeez, I, I should throw them in player association. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of player association, well, uh, let's get on to her. Okay. Um, I'm gonna throw out a name to you, and you can say as much or as little about them as you want. 
Okay. Firm. Yeah. <laughs> Firm. <laughs> I'm going to start with the. Uh, you said players. You didn't. Yeah. Say yeah. Come on. He is not a player. <laughs> as much uh, as he likes to think he is. Yeah. <laughs> Greg Hicks. Uh, Greg's the best. He's, you know, my right hand guy. And honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't do this anymore if it wasn't for, for him. He takes care of, I, there was one time where I used to do everything and, you know, my life's a lot more complicated now as my son gets older, you know, my son's autistic and, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of issues that come with that. And, and I couldn't do all the stuff I used to do. Um, and if it wasn't for Greg, he takes care of everything. You know what? And he, he gets, he's got a, you know, he gets so much abuse. This one guy, you know, one little mistake and you know, he sends a guy, well, he did try to send Chase, he did book a, a ticket one year for Chase Turner to go to, uh, instead of San Jose, he sent him to San Jose, some other country, San Juan or somewhere he sent him on his flight. <laughs> and, and poor Chase never checked his ticket until he got to the airport. Oh, <laughs> my, <laughs> my God. <laughs> so, but there's, you know, listen, when you're booking the, all these kind of tickets like this that he's doing, there's going to be mistakes. But, he, you know, these guys break his chops so bad and he, he deals with it all. And he does, honestly, he does. I can't tell you, especially this year with all the problems we had getting guys home, he, he does so much much uh, and i absolutely would not be able to do it with anymore i would i would definitely retire if it wasn't for him right on i'll Sweet. stick with some coaches uh ron hackett oh ron's a great guy um real good guy he's perfect guy i think right now to to lead usa um you know i and i know some people like who you know some people ask questions like well you know he hasn't been the head coach of his team well he was with the drillers but more importantly ron and, and Amy, I got to give his wife a lot of credit because she does a lot of work. Um, he's just a great people person. He stays on top of these guys. What the USA program needs is, you know, somebody who's going to communicate with the players and say, this is what I expect you. You need to be playing at, you know, at these tournaments and, and guys call around, Hey, I, my team's not going. How do I get there? He gets them on a team. He does, you know, it's, it's almost like a full-time job for him. He does, does an amazing job. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think he's really taking the program in the right direction. And, you know, now with a couple of pitches, he's got lined up i think over the next two cycles uh hopefully uh you know the usa can get back on that podium right on uh wayne lalu oh god what a personality he's just amazing <laughs> i mean he's just a, a ball of energy you know and you know when he had when he had played for us before and so we knew exactly what we were getting you know we lost him to the gators for a few years and then he was a prawn so we couldn't take him back and then as soon as he came off prawn you know, that was the first first call we made to try to get him back because we knew what we were getting. Mm. You get a middle of the order header, and he's just never stops. He keeps the guys going, and it's it's you know some people yell to yell, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Fern shot. I'm talking to you, um, <laughs> <laughs> but but Wayne, it's just so genuine. Everything he says, and he's upbeat like, all the time. And the guys, lo- I mean, the guys just love him. A lot of the guys who hadn't been around him before are just amazed. Greg Hicks being one, you know, he really didn't know Wayne that well, and he, he just. Said, came back saying, "Oh, we gotta have this guy back. He's just amazing." Yeah, those those type of guys are really infectious for the for the yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, he really, really is. He could probably help you get somebody on your team as well. From <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, next, cheese Andrew Kirkpatrick. Uh, he's just the best. You know, I've had good fortune. You know, people ask me, "Oh, well, you know, you've had some good fortune. You won some tournaments, won some ASAs, won some ISCs." Well, you know, when you have, I've been fortunate that from 2007, I think the only years I haven't had cheese with me were 2009 and 10 when he didn't come over. So I've only had to face him as an opponent one, one year. And wow. 10, he didn't come. 10, he didn't come over. That was the whole prawn issue. And he was going to go with Aspen. They didn't have a team. But I, he's been with me every year since. So, uh, you know, any success I've had is pretty much just him. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you lock yourself up with the right guys and it just makes things a lot easier. Yeah, yeah for he's sure. Not bad. He's, he's and he's, good. you know, forget about players. Listen, there's been tons of great players who are, who are, let's be honest, hard to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Because of how great they are. And there's nobody, nobody easier to deal with than cheese. You would never know he is who he is. Mm. You know, he's just doesn't ask for anything and he's just you know the easiest going that's so great guy you ever yeah. Have. yeah yeah we were, we were very pleased to have him on our podcast for yeah. sure yeah. great guy yes he is and last but not least denny brockert uh denny <laughs> denny is the best you know I, I find it hard to realize sometimes how you know he's just a guy i didn't get to 
really know him well. Obviously, we coached against him a little bit, but didn't get to know him well until he came with us in 2012. So when you think about the timing, but he's just a guy I felt like I knew him my whole life. He was just amazing. Um, I mean, him and Bruce, you know, him, Bruce, and G is really the three keys to any success I've had in this game for <laughs> those three guys. You know, Bruce being our sponsor, G's a star player, and uh, and Denny, you know, Denny getting me involved with the USA program and, uh, just being such a good friend is really, uh, it was tough losing him. I know. And, and the thing about Denny is when you hear, you know, you hear a lot of these podcasts and just anybody, whether it's Robbie O'Brien or, or Lolly and, and, and Blair Ezekiel and all these guys, how they talk about Denny. I mean, it's, he was such a genuine guy and he was a guy, you know, that, you know, a couple of guys have said it on the podcast and it's true. He, he understood the mix of a team. You know, he, he was, you know, where somebody like, like doc was guys loved him, you know, he yeah. was, but he was pretty hardcore about, you know, you know, I don't want you out doing this and I don't want you doing that. that. But then he kind of understood the other side of it a little bit with like, Oh, you boys, you know, first tournament, go out and have a good time, get to know each other. Come on, I'll get you a couple of beers in the beer tent. Right. Mm-hmm. right, right. He was that type of guy. And that's why we got to know everybody so well. Cause he, you know, he did like to have a couple of cold ones with the boys and that's what, you know, it, it, it was about for him that. And then, you know, when it came to game time, yeah, it was about winning, but he was just a great guy. And you probably have six or seven guys in this game that I'll tell you, they were like, he was like a second father to them. And you know, that would include myself. So he was mm-hmm. just a great, great, Great man, great, great guy. Yeah, definitely going to be missed. Uh, well, Greg, got to thank you again for coming on again. <laughs> no problem, guys. I appreciate what you do. You know, promote the game. It's awesome. Yeah, I enjoy listening to it. Yeah. Well, uh, were we recording? <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, not, listen, I'm I keep telling everybody face. who does podcasts. I'm going to give you guys an idea. Sure. And, and I think somebody's got to go with it. Okay, you guys a fan a fan of the movie Fast Pitch? Yes. Yes. Okay, so here's what you got to do. We got to get you got to get some kind of Zoom call. You get Jeremy Spear. I get in touch with Jeremy. You get Nick McCurry. You got to get Shane Hunahunu and and Paul Walford to represent the gate uh, to represent the smokers and 20 years later I mean somebody's got to do this I've been talking to everybody about this everybody loves it but nobody does it Jesus well, goddamn we'll do it we'll be on top we'll be on top <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, I, it was, you know it's funny when we, we we had a little drinking game when we won the ASAs this year and uh and you know they went to have Nikki say a few words and I asked everybody I said hold on hold on I said who I, I gotta ask I said hands a show of hands you know these are some of the best players in the game right I go who was your either your first experience in fast or your first experience knowing this guy right here was through the movie and saying every single guy in, in the room raised their hand. You know, Juan Portolicio will tell you it's one of the reasons why he wanted to come here and play. Wow. That movie. So that, that wow. movie had an effect on a lot of guys. And, you know, it's it's amazing how many people still come up to McCurry to this day. But even McCurry, somebody's got to get McCurry on. This guy's got stories, I'll tell you. He's, well, he really is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I know Randy will be texting I know you. what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> you got to send us that picture anyway, Greg, please. Don't forget to do yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'll send you the picture for the World Series as soon as we hang up. Absolutely. All right, Greg. Thanks again, buddy. Okay, guys. Take, take care. care. Have a All great right. winter, Greg. See you, Greg. You too, guys. Bye. Bye, bye. Nick McCurry. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's Greg's a fantastic a idea. Oh man. So one thing awesome. I wanted to say during the podcast: Mo can do. What a name! <laughs> Didn't you hear him say? He said it a few times. I was like, oh, Mo can do. Mo can do this. It's like Bo can. <laughs> That's the best name in the world. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. What can he do? Mo can do. Mo can do. Yeah. Anyway, great podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. We, I mean, it was just, um, again so happy he yes. agreed to come back on. What a beauty. And, yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, great. We talked a long time the last time, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he had no problem doing it. It was yeah. fantastic. Good yeah. guy, as I said, he's seen a lot. He's been around a lot. Yeah, love to hear that. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be nice just to be able to go to Florida for the weekend, though. I know. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. What'd you do this weekend? I went to Fredericton. <laughs> 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 Nothing against it though, because we we do love the hilltop. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Darcy. Hey, Darcy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but uh, I got Kaya Parnaby coming on from the Australian sweet, sweet, Olympic sweet, sweet. team. Coming next week. Good so, day, mate. Uh, I'm excited to talk to her. Yes, um, absolutely. Well, I think we might have a big one coming up too. Uh, talking with some of the boys, and we actually may want to interview Randy Frame. You guys are crazy. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun for the podcast and some uh, for some people to hear actually your bullshit story <laughs> about 2009 ten times. <laughs> and uh, no, I think it'll be a lot of fun because I, I learned a lot about you that I didn't know, which I thought I knew you way better. For instance, you poached scrambled eggs at Smitty's. <laughs> <laughs> you were a cook. I had a lot of weird jobs. Like, you had a lot of weird 
friggin' <laughs> explanations of what you did over the weekend. It was amazing. Uh, and I got some great quick pitches too. It's uh, going to be fun. Yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll way. talk about that. We'll yeah. talk. To, I'm, I'm going to focus on Nikki Mullins now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I got to focus on Randy Brain. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Everybody, we're back. Things are going to go weekly again. And, uh, we're going to keep pumping out the guests and yeah. hope you all follow along and, and listen to us as always. Keep liking and sharing. Keep liking and sharing and liking and <laughs> tweeting. And <laughs> All right, Hopey. All right, take care, brother. Have a good week. See you, buddy. Later. Taking time off from the act and I gotta relax. I need a new beat. Yo, for stroll, I got a few treats. You been up in the city nah. long? Only two weeks. Cool. Well, I'm sorry about the weather. It's been raining all week. I hope it gets a little better. Either way, class, listen. I got an ill vision by the song I'm working on. You think you got the right rhythm? Man, come on. You know I got some shit that'll break your neck. I used up what I want, but you can take what's left. Don't give me bullshit, dog. You know I blaze the set. You know you got something safe for West. I got an ill concept. Hip hop. I will pay the real line destines. What? 1987. I've been repping in the ciphers in the sessions, and I'm still be getting stressed on the block. You know it's hard to be hip hop. Ain't ain't nobody staying real. But don't pay bills when you showcase skill. Ain't nobody living off of doing windmills or painting train rails. That's real. It's hard to be hip hop. Cause I don't pack steel, do my tracks appeal Until the mass appeal, watch a fast say fail Yeah, I'm hip-hop son until my casket sealed It's hard in the culture when the fans are fickle to understand my issue, your old man will diss you One minute you're whack and then your jam's yeah. official And then they switch again, four bottles of cancer hit you First they loved LL, and then they hated him And then they loved him again, and they degraded him So lately, basically, I don't know if I can play to win Survival of the fittest, let me see what type of shape Yo, I'm in Yo, when I was younger, like 19 I could spend all day writing rhyme schemes Spitting freestyle and cypher in the streets But now I got responsibilities Yo, it's hard to be hip hop. Are you downsizing? Maybe need more room because of additions to the family, or possibly seeking that dream home you've always wanted. Well, Tim Eisner at Royal LePage Atlantic is the guy for you. With a proven track record and multiple awards, Tim goes above and beyond to find out your needs and exactly what you're looking for. So if you're seeking a new home or trying to sell your current one, contact Tim at 902-499-5717 or check him out on Facebook at Tim Eisner. Again, that's 902-499-5717. Trust me, when all is said and done, we'll be saying Tim Eisner strikes again.